Welcome to Women Who Walk. I'm Louise Ross, writer and author of Women Who Walk the Book, the inspiration for this podcast. And just as I did for the book, here, I'll be interviewing and unpacking the journeys of impressive, intrepid women who've made multiple international moves for work, for adventure, for love, for freedom, reminding us that women can do extraordinary things. You can find a transcript with pictures to each episode and my books on my website, louiseross.com. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Episode 33 of Women Who Walk. This episode is the third in a series of interviews that I'm doing with women who've moved to Portugal, women who are self-employed in the healing arts as holistic, alternative or non-medical practitioners. My guest today is Elodie Ribeiro, a podiatrist and reflexologist now based in Portugal. Her reflections on building her professional standing here may well be of interest to listeners in the healing arts who are thinking of moving to Portugal with the hope of practising. Elodie is 34 and she is second-generation French of Portuguese heritage, her grandparents having moved to France in the 1960s. Portuguese immigration to France took place mainly during the 60s and 70s, the latter years of the Salazar dictatorship, as a means of escaping conscription into the colonial wars in Africa and for a better way of life. In fact, Portugal was the second Western European country to lose millions of people to immigration after Ireland. But as is common in the Portuguese diaspora within Europe, Elodie's extended family in France were very close and they all maintained their ties to Portugal, returning each summer to spend time with additional family members who had remained. Having grown up in France, learning Portuguese from her parents and grandparents, her spoken Portuguese was old school, and this she found, along with her French accent when she spoke Portuguese, the basis of some clients' mistrust of her when a year ago she returned to live and work in Portugal. Prior to her return, she took her podiatry training from France and her reflexology training from Barcelona abroad, working in Dubai and Istanbul and on the island of Mauritius, and then in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, where she built her own private practice. This past year, Elodie began working at a clinic outside of Lisbon as a podiatrist, gradually winning the trust of her Portuguese clients, while also building an international clientele whose interest is mainly in her reflexology work. Welcome, Elodie. Thanks for being a guest on the podcast today. Uh, we've had a few technical issues, and so we're actually recording this on my phone or on our phones on WhatsApp, and I think it's going to be fine. So now, when I was first introduced to you via a WhatsApp group, I noticed that you said that you're Luso-French. 
Can you explain this for listeners? What do you mean by that? Hi, Louise. Yes, Luzo is a, a Latin prefix, meaning relating to Portugal or the Portuguese culture. And uh, Portugal used to be called Lusitania, so that's why I introduced myself as Luzo French, as I'm Portuguese and French. Thank you, yes. Lusitania, I think, was a province of the Roman Empire. Uh, and the, the tribes or the, the people in this area on the Iberian Peninsula were mostly Celtic peoples and they were called Lusitanians. Have I got that right? Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Yeah. So you're Portuguese French and um, were you born here or in France? My family is from Portugal but my grandparents immigrated to, to France in the 60s and I was born in France so that's why I'm also French. Can you tell us where you were born, perhaps a bit about your neighbourhood, some of the memories from your French childhood? Yeah, I grew up in a, in a quiet little town in the suburb of Paris. Mm-hmm. And um, even though I'm an only child, I have a very, very large family, so I grew up surrounded by my grandmothers, my aunts, uncles and cousins. And on the weekend, I would spend it uh, with my cousins, and we used to have a big uh, family lunches on Sundays. And so I have very fond memories of, of that. And so this was in Paris. Your extended family was already in France? Yes, half of my family moved to France and the rest is still in Portugal. So, yeah, we, we used to, to see each other every weekend. Well, interestingly, these days everyone wants to move to Portugal, but your family emigrated to France and you said that was in the 60s. So now why did they leave Portugal? It was during the dictatorship, so it was quite difficult here in Portugal. And uh, my grandparents decided to move to try to offer a better future to their kids. I believe that was the reason for uh, the immigration from Portugal to other parts of Europe for a better way of life or to uh, create a better life for the generations to come. Exactly. So despite that you're second generation living in France, it sounds as though the family is still very connected to Portugal because you came back to visit every summer. And I know that there's a Portuguese term, immigrante, and it's used to describe returning immigrants, but I believe this carries some negative connotations. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, it does carry uh, a little bit of connotations. Every time we would come back for holidays, our family here in Portugal would call us the French. They would call us the French. And in France, we would be seen as the Portuguese family. So it would be difficult and confusing to know where I was from and to identify as French or Portuguese. Mm-hmm. You really are bicultural, aren't you? You grew up in France and yet you're Portuguese heritage is very much a part of who you are. Yes, totally. I mm. grew up uh, with both cultures. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when you speak English, we can hear a little bit of a French accent, which is delightful. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went on to study podiatry. Uh, was this in France? Yes, I did study podiatry in Paris. Mm-hmm. And then why the feet? What was it about working with the feet that appealed to you? As a kid, I, I actually suffered from shin splints and um, I used to, to wear custom-made orthotics. So I would visit my podiatrist once a year to renew my orthotics and I was able to, 
to practice sports without any pain. So I decided myself to become a podiatrist and to be able to help people to walk and run pain-free. Were you quite a, a runner before you got the shin splints? Not a runner, but practicing different sports as a kid, gymnastic. And, yeah. mm. and so then the orthotics really helped with the, um, the discomfort that you were experiencing? Yes, they did. With orthotics, we can actually realign feet and relieve foot pain, but also reduce the tension in ankles, knees and hips and improve the overall posture. I see. Well, I remember that um, when we, we first met and we were talking a little about your work that uh, you mentioned that you were offered the opportunity to take over the podiatry practice shortly after you completed your studies, but you chose not to because something else was calling you. Yeah, um, I was offered to take over one of my teacher's uh, podiatry office, but I just felt that it was too soon and that... I wanted to travel and, uh, and discover new cultures, learn new things before settling. So I looked for job offers abroad and uh, I first moved to Dubai for two months. Then I went to Istanbul for six months and uh, then I got the opportunity to move to Mauritius where I lived for five years. Okay. So in Dubai and Istanbul, you were working as a podiatrist? Yes, I was working as a podiatrist in five-star hotels. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. And so obviously that was mostly with tourists coming through? Yes, mostly with, with tourists in mm. the hotel, but also uh, some local people coming for food treatment. Mm -hmm. And then Mauritius. Now, I know that you love kite surfing. So were you there for five years because of the... Uh, the kite surfing opportunities, or was there something else? I do love kite surfing, and Mauritius really has some amazing uh, kite surfing spots. But no, I stayed there because I really liked the place, the nature, the people, and the mix of cultures in the island. And then you're also practicing uh, podiatry there as well. Yes, I I did uh, in a paramedic center. And were they mostly locals or, or, again, were they tourists? No, in Mauritius it was mostly uh, local patients. I'm curious, were they um, issues to do with the feet because in a tropical setting people are most often in flip-flops and uh, non-supportive shoes? Yes, I, I have been able to observe uh, different type of pathologies De uh, depending on the country I'm working in. And it's true that in tropical countries, the pathologies are different. People uh, often wear open toe box shoes, uh, sandals and flip-flops, so they have less um, fungus and male fungus, for example, than in Europe where people wear closed shoes. And so the feet uh, um, breathe less. I'm going to say. Do you think that, that your travel experiences, practicing in very different locations, very different climates, has been advantageous for you as a podiatrist to understand the way the feet are affected by different climates and different shoes based on the climate? Yeah, it has. I've been able to observe 
many different types of pathologies, but also work with different health professionals like osteopaths and physiotherapists. So we would exchange about uh, patients to be able to bring a multidisciplinary treatment. And uh, this really uh, improved my um, knowledge of the, of the biomechanics and how the human body works, yeah. Interesting. So five years in Mauritius and then where? Where did you go after that? In Mauritius, I met my partner, Kesha. Um, he's an Irish South African. He was born and raised in California. And your relationship with, you said his name is? Kesha. 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 What a beautiful name. So he is quite multicultural. And I imagine with your bicultural background, the two of you understand each other quite well. Is that, is that right? <laughs> yes, it's right because as um, he's Irish South African but grew up mm. in, uh, in the US, he also had the, the biculture and it was a bit difficult for him as well to identify as an American or mm. as an Irish or, yeah. Yeah, that does seem to be the case when individuals have grown up between two or three countries or more. Uh, that it's uh, challenging to understand just who you are and where you're from. And so then uh, you had another international move. You came back to, to Europe. We moved back to Europe for him to complete his master's in architecture. And while in Europe for those two years, I, I trained as a, as a reflexologist. Okay. And can you tell us what that is? Is that a different form of podiatry or is it something completely different? It's completely different, but related to the food. It's an alternative holistic medicine that uses pressure on specific points and zones, on feet, hands and face, hmm. in order to, to improve your overall well-being. Interesting. And then there was another move. Can you tell us about yes. this move? Then Kesha got a, a job offer in an architecture firm in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. And so we moved there. And when I first arrived, I, I looked for podiatrists in the country and I was really surprised to find out that there were none. This, uh, this profession simply didn't exist there. So I decided to open the first podiatry clinic of the country. Good for you. That's fabulous. And in Ho Chi Minh City? Yeah. And who was coming to see you? Was it locals or, again, internationals or tourists? It was mostly uh, international patients at the beginning, but then I went to introduce myself to doctors and other practitioners, and, um, and they, would, uh, they would send patients to me. Fantastic. And I'm sure your French helped you in Ho Chi Minh City too. Yes, there is a big French community, but there is also a lot of... Uh, Australians and Americans and some Portuguese as well. So speaking few languages was a, a real advantage there and I was able to attend uh, many international patients. And again, it's a, a more of a tropical climate, so you're seeing people with issues to do with the feet that are more related to opened-toed shoes, exactly. flip-flops, which you were well prepared to treat given your five years in Mauritius. It sounds like things were going really well for you in Vietnam. You have your own practice, you're building your practice, you're making yourself known to other practitioners. So then why did you leave and come back to Portugal? When the, the pandemic started, 
the Vietnamese government closed its borders and we weren't able to re-enter the country if we were to exit it. So after two years without being able to travel and to visit our families, we decided to to relocate to Portugal to be closer to, to them. I see. I did an interview with uh, a friend. It's one of the first podcast episodes and she had been a, a resident of Vietnam I think for about 19 years and because of the pandemic and because they weren't reissuing visas to foreigners at that time she she had to leave after all those years and I know she was very disappointed but she she went back to Australia were you equally disappointed did you feel that Vietnam was a place that offered you a quality of life that you were enjoying Yes, I really liked uh, living there and I had a, a, a good balance, very good quality of life, but um, not being able to, to see our families and being so far from them was, was difficult and mm. I think moving back to Portugal was a good, uh, a good choice. And so you've been back uh, about a year now where you've been working as a podiatrist while also building your own practice as a reflexologist. As a returning immigrant that that we talked about earlier, are you on the receiving end of any of the discrimination that we sort of alluded to? I wasn't really expecting to suffer from discrimination when, when I moved here as a, a Portuguese citizen, but um, as I never lived here before relocating, I do have a French accent when I speak Portuguese and unfortunately some Sometimes it prejudicates me, yeah. And so what kind of uh, feedback are you getting? At work, for example, at the beginning, I had some patients that didn't want to book an appointment with me because I had a French name hmm. or <laughs> said that I, I sounded weird. Okay. But uh, slowly, slowly, um, I, I was able to integrate and become appreciated by my patients. That's good news. And, and the the majority of the people are very welcoming and, and accepting. Mm, very good news. So in your practice here, are you finding that it's a combination of both Portuguese and internationals? I would say more Portuguese, but since, since I, I joined the team, uh, we do attract more and more international patients. Yeah. The um, previous episode to yours is with Gillian Harrison and she created this WhatsApp group that we met on uh, as part of the community of holistic healers that she's building and, and you're a part of that as well and that's one of the ways you've been reaching the international community here to do your reflexology work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Mm. So the podiatry is more for the Portuguese and perhaps the reflexology more for the internationals? In Julian's group, it's true that there is a lot of international people, but I just created a Facebook page to promote um, reflexology treatments and the page will be in both English and Portuguese to try to attract more Portuguese people. Fantastic. Well, before we finish up and I have you tell me what your Facebook page is perhaps tell listeners a little about the reflexology uh, I had a treatment with you but it was just on the feet and I was a little um, concerned that it was going to hurt a lot because many years ago I had a treatment and 
it was quite painful. The, the, the woman I saw was pushing and pushing on these points, but the treatment I had with you was very gentle. Is it generally a very gentle treatment that you do or how would you describe it? It is generally a gentle treatment, especially the first session. Many people have uh, have intense side effects after a session, so I always always uh, do a, a gentle first session to to see if there is any any side effects, and then I adjust the treatment for the for the next session. I see. And then the treatment I had was just on the feet, as I, I mentioned. So what happens when you do uh, the face, when you do a facial reflexology treatment? So face reflexology is based on the same principle of correlation between specific zones located on the feet, face and hands um, to treat every part and organ and system of the body. And it helps eliminate uh, toxins and increase energy. It's not a, a beauty treatment per se. It's uh, it's much more than than a beauty treatment, but it does have beautifying side effects. As it improves your lymphatic drainage and stimulates the facial nerves, increases your blood flow, and also helps to build up new skin tissue. That makes sense because there's a lot of lymph around the uh, jaw, isn't there, on the underside of the, yeah. the jawbone. Right, I see. Exactly. One more question, though, about uh, your relocation to Portugal. Do you both see yourselves staying here long term or do you see another country move at some point? When we moved to Vietnam, we agreed that it was the, the, our last expatriation and oh. our last experience abroad. And then, uh, yeah, we had the plan to, to settle in Europe. And I think uh, Portugal makes sense because I do have half of my family here already. My parents will retire next year. They will join us here. Uh, we, we're going to try to settle here for the okay. long term. Right. Okay. Well, getting back to that Facebook page, if listeners would like to learn more about you and your work, what is your Facebook uh, address? Yes. So it's called The Food Connection. Oh, that's great. That's easy. The foot connection. So I will link to that in the transcript of this episode. And thank you so much for, for sharing your story. It's been very interesting to talk about the feet as we've moved country to country. Thank you so much, Elodie. Thank you for having me as one of your guests. Please. Thank you for listening today. So you don't miss future episodes, subscribe on your favorite podcast provider or on my YouTube channel, Women Who Walk Podcast. Also, feel free to connect with comments on Instagram at Louise Ross Writer or Writer and Podcaster Louise Ross on Facebook or find me on LinkedIn. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode, spread the word and tell your friends.